Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes. Welcome to Rock Strikes Ten, the show guaranteed to always give you ten songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, it is now time for part two of our epic five-part retrospect for the year 1997. On the previous episode, we started off the top 30 albums list of 1997. We're taking a break here for part two where we will do in between each segment of the best albums of the year and do a list of the odds and ends for the year 1997. For those of you who might be new to the show, the odds and ends is kind of a sub-series within the show to where I focus on songs that are strictly from albums that you know aren't fully realized studio records. So basically songs that wind up getting put on best ofs to you know get diehards to buy it, or maybe soundtrack albums, tribute albums live albums, what have you. The odds and ends, you know, they ne never get put on critics' lists or end-of-the-year lists, so I always like to shine a spotlight on those particular songs because there's always some gems in there. Regardless, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that people just miss sometimes, or maybe they just kind of just fall by the wayside in retrospect. Uh, here's a good example of that. You know, I remember buying this when it first came out, and, and I'm actually glad I bought it when it first came out. It's one of those where it had kind of a limited first pressing. And this was actually for Ozzy Osbourne's first ever solo studio best of, uh, an album called The Ozman Cometh. And if you bought it when it first came out, you got two things. You you got to have Shot in the Dark in the sequence, uh, which has been deleted since then because of legal bullshit. And it also had a cool bonus disc, which had a couple of bonus Sabbath demos and a uh, really crazy late 80s interview with Ozzy as well. So if you're a diehard, you definitely want to find the first edition of The Ozman Cometh as a completist there. So didn't have to worry about buying it. Bought it when it first came out. I enjoy it. I think it's a pretty decent best of. They pretty much pick like one song for each album, maybe a couple on a few of the more popular ones, you know, like No More Tears and Blizzard of Oz and stuff like that. But, you know, overall, not a bad best of. And it was accompanied by a brand new studio song, which this song, even in the liner notes, it says it was recorded during the Osmosis sessions. And I guess I just never finished it, or maybe it just didn't make the sequence for some reason, but I think it's a pretty solid song. It definitely would have fit in well in Osmosis. You can definitely hear the production of that album on this track. And weirdly enough, just even looking through the liner notes here on the CD, the only people that get credit for playing on it are Ozzy, Zach Wilde, and Michael Beanhorn, and Rick Wakeman. Uh, both keyboard credits right there for those last two guys. So they don't even credit the bass player or the drummer on this track, so... I am going to assume that the bass player on this is Geezer Butler and the drummer on it is Dean Castronova. So don't know why they're not listed in the credits, but that's probably something that Sharon Osbourne could answer as uh, I kind of put on her for sure, especially when it comes to deleting things like Shot in the Dark off of future pressings of The Ozman Cometh and 
all that other petty bullshit that goes with Sharon Osbourne's business. So, hey, I'm going to get uh, blacklisted from show business forever now. All right. But while we're at it, let's kick off the odds and ends list here for 1997 with a pretty solid Aussie studio track here. This is Back on Earth.
right, there you go. Kicking off the first part of 1997's Odds and Ends from the Ozman Cometh Best Of album that was back on Earth by the icon Ozzy Osbourne. And I love Ozzy. Like, there's there's like these like small little uh, Ozzy notes here under each track and the booklet for the CD. So I, I had to read this for the description of Back on Earth. This song was a track left over from Osmosis. I was meant to come up with a couple of new songs for this album, but I was on the road for the past two years, which left me without any time to go into the studio to record. (laughs) That's the explanation and excuse. Not even like, this is a good song. I don't know why it wasn't on Osmosis. Like, nothing really that diplomatic. Just like, here it is. This is what I have. (laughs) So, there you go. I love Ozzy. And and a good track there, Back on Earth. I I love the Osmosis record. I think that thing is super underrated. I think it's better than No More Tears. What do you think of that? Anybody out there agree with me? All right. Yeah, get involved. Chat. We'll chat. All right. Uh, From one icon to another, in my opinion, uh, by way of Germany now, the Scorpions. Uh, I got to say, you know, sound quality aside on this one, because I think it definitely could have stood to be mastered better. But as far as a track listing goes, there's a double-disc best-of that came out in 1997 by the Scorpions called Deadly Sting, and it's a best-of-the-Mercury years. So it starts at a certain point and ends off at the tail end of the Face the Heat era. So it definitely is a uh, kind of a best-of their commercial peak era for sure. So, And really this album is one of the best best-of track lists I've ever seen. You know, I mean, you, you can get a lot done on two discs, uh, but this thing is really stellar. So uh, put it in a nice-sounding stereo to uh, make up for the uh, bad sound quality on it. But if you see a, a decently-priced copy of Deadly Sting out there, go pick it up and put it on a loud stereo in the car or in the house. Really can't go wrong with this thing. Uh, There's not a bad track on it. And uh, even the two new songs that they put on there at the end are actually pretty damn good. So I'm going to pick my favorite of the two new songs from Deadly Sting. Here's one you might not have heard. This is Over the Top. Right. 
There you go. I really like that one a lot. It reminds me a little bit of like if Coast to Coast had vocals put on it. It's got that cool vibe to it, little groove right there. Nice gem of a Scorpions track that you may not have heard before. That was Over the Top. You can find that on their uh, supremely excellent double disc best of called Deadly Sting. And uh, go pick it up. That's all I got to say. It's a Scorpions, man. It's greatness. Uh, speaking of greatness, Led Zeppelin actually had something to represent them in the year 1997. You know, they had put out a, you know, a nice handful of box sets for sure. I think the one to get out of uh, all the things they put out in the 90s, I mean, easily their uh, complete studio albums collection. Those CDs at the time were some of the best-sounding CDs you could pick up. And then a couple of years after that, they put out their BBC sessions finally, which had been long sought after. And uh, one of the reasons why is because there was actually a song on there that never made it on a record. It's from the uh, first two albums era, and it's a you know a variation on an old blues standard as a, a lot of their songs were of course we all know this we're we're not pretending to not know this but uh yeah this was basically the original track that you could get on the Led Zeppelin BBC session so we're going to play you that one here to represent it go pick it up if you haven't of course live zeppelin you can't go wrong with it 
But uh, here's a song you may not have heard before. This one is called The Girl I Love. She got long, black, wavy hair. BBC Sessions right there. That was Led Zeppelin with The Girl I Love. She got long, black, wavy hair. That would have fit very comfortably on the first Zeppelin album had they chose to include it. But I guess maybe it just fell by the wayside due to time constraints. Or maybe it was just the 11th best song they had at that point. Who knows? You can definitely hear traces of Moby Dick coming in there. You know, a whole album before that for sure. But uh, yeah, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving on to something uh, sort of completely different here. We're going to play a cover song here, and this is a song that originally is on one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, this one is done by way of Dwight Yoakam, actually, and I give Dwight a rock pass to come here on Rock Strikes 10. Most of you know him as a country western guy, 
but the guy definitely has rock credibility in my opinion he's a big rock and roll fan and his he actually has well-written songs that should definitely be welcomed in most people's uh, respectable collections so nothing wrong with dwight here he gets to come on rock strikes 10 he put out a covers album in 1997 called under the covers cleverly titled there and there's a lot of cool songs in here i was actually struggling as to whether to go with one or the other uh you know he does a great version of wichita lyman on there but i'm gonna go with this one like i said the original version of this comes off one of my favorite albums of all time and i think it would be neat for some of you out there as maybe for the first time to hear these two worlds meet so here's dwight yoakam doing the clashes train in vain <laughs> Say he stand by your man Or tell me something Cause I don't understand You said you loved me Wasn't that the fact Then you left me I said you felt trapped Well there's some things you can't explain Did you stand by me? No, not at all. Did you stand by me? No way. All the time we were close. I remember all these things the most. I've seen my dreams come tumbling down. I can't be happy. Stand by me No, not at all
there you go. From under the covers, that was Dwight Yoakam and his version of The Clash's Train in Vain, in parentheses, Stand By Me. Hope you enjoyed that out there. Let me know if you've heard that for the first time on this show, or any of these songs for that matter. Moving on here, a band I recently saw live for the first time, and, you know, I was always a decent fan of these guys over the years. Uh, you know, always give them a shot. They put out a, a song on a soundtrack here to a movie that I, I remember enjoying a lot at the time when it came out. I have not seen this movie recently. I'd be curious to watch it again to see if it's, uh, you know, aged well and all that kind of stuff. But I really enjoyed the movie The Saint. This was uh, one of those movies in a long line of uh, TV shows that got turned into movies in the 90s. There were so many. I mean, you couldn't even keep up with them. But I, I did enjoy The Saint when it was out. Val Kilmer, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah good little movie and the soundtrack definitely is of the time 1997 was a huge year for like electronic music pop electronic jungle music stuff like that whatever you want to call it techno uh, the the saint soundtrack is basically like a greatest hits of uh, the industrial techno electronic revolution of the 90s because it hits on all those bands, Chemical Brothers, Daft Punk, and stuff like that. So the inclusion of Duran Duran on the soundtrack is interesting because they were from, you know, the older guard. The uh, They were the elder statesmen of the uh, early 80s pop wave right there. But I'm glad the song was put on here because it definitely makes for a good end credit song. And uh, a, a really good song. Like, this is definitely along the lines of the stronger stuff on Duran Duran's 93 record. So all those years later, this one comes out, and it's a cool track, solid track. I like Duran Duran. I don't need to apologize for this. Let's just play the song. So from the Saint soundtrack, this is Duran Duran with Out of My Mind.
Alright, there you go. Duran Duran with an original called Out of My Mind from the Saint soundtrack from the year 1997. We're doing the odds and ends of 1997 here on Rock Strikes 10 Today. And uh, I think that's kind of, uh, it almost sounds like a heavier version of their song Come Undone. Probably another reason why I like it. Alright, we're going to do something off of a kind of a rarities collection. It's a mishmash of demos, live tracks, new songs, and stuff like that. But uh, to me, this album has the best version of this song on it. And it's a song that I like regardless, but I gotta say this live version is the best. So in 1997, Jane's Addiction got back together and toured around, put out this album called Kettle Whistle, which was just a nice uh, souvenir for the tour there. And when they would play this video on MTV, and I really dug the performance of it, so I was really glad it was on here. So this this song, Jane Says, we've all heard this song, and I know I played this on an old episode of songs that I like better live than I do in the studio. This is one of them right here. So from Kettle Whistle, this is, in my opinion, the definitive version of Jane Says. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you very much.
there you go. That was the reunited lineup of Jane's Addiction there. Perry Farrell on vocals, of course, unmistakable vocals. Dave Navarro on guitar. Uh, Flea from the Chili Peppers subbing in for Eric Avery. And the great Stephen Perkins on the drums there. On steel drums, mind you, of course. I think maybe the steel drums, is that might be what makes the track. I think so, that might be it. But uh, anyway, great performance there of Jane Says off of Kettle Whistle. And I think when they put out their best of about 10 years ago, up from the catacombs, I believe it's actually, they use that version on there. So there you go. I'm not the only one that thinks that that version's better, apparently. (laughs) All right. And there were a decent amount of box sets that came out in the year 1997. If I had to pick one, this is probably the best of the bunch. The Bonfire box set by ACDC. This was a a fan's box set through and through. Even had some cool inserts in there. I I swear I had that ACDC keychain beer bottle opener for years on my uh, truck's keychain there. But... But yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure there was some commerce involved in the uh, the putting out of this box set. But for Bonfire, it really did seem like it was just a love letter to pay tribute to the uh, the late great Bon Scott. It's uh, it's a collection of rarities and some live shows that they did with Bon. And in a weird sort of move there, they include Back in Black in its entirety to close it out. It's like, you know, I, I get that Back in Black was done as a tribute to Bond, but I just thought it was weird that they would include it in there. I guess maybe it definitely beefed up the sales of the album, but other than that, I, I don't understand that move. Uh, maybe at the time they should have included a VHS with it, or even gone with the uh, impending DVD technology, maybe. That would have been great. That, they would have been uh, right there on the forefront there. But anyway, all that aside, it's it's definitely a set worth having if you're a big ACDC fan. I am, of course, and I own it. And I'm going to play a song from the Volts disc on the box set. This is a collection of demos and original versions of songs before they made it on the record. This is probably the most interesting of the bunch. This is an early version of Whole Lot of Rosie that they even submitted to radio. It got a little bit of play over here in my neck of the woods. So yeah, and it's it's different enough from Rosie to where it's almost a whole other song, but it definitely has that core riff that we know that's unmistakable a whole lot of Rosie. So here you go. This is ACDC with Dirty Eyes.
There you go. Dirty Eyes by ACDC from the Bonfire box set. And of course, like I said before, that was an early version of Whole Lot of Rosie for the Let There Be Rock album. All right. The next one we're going to talk about here is, is basically like a compilation slash best of. This was the first domestic best of put out by this band. And, you know, definitely I'm sure hardcore fans will complain of some of the re-recorded nature of the material on here. But I think it works pretty good as a 101 if you're just getting into the band. It's a nice handshake into their stuff. I like uh, the majority of this band's catalog for sure. The great Suicidal Tendencies, great hardcore punk thrash crossover band from California, still listen to them to this day still buy their records when they come out and you know like i said prime cuts it's pretty decent it's uh overall it has like six re-recorded songs out of the whole thing so that's a pretty decent amount of stuff that got re-recorded whether it was from still psycho after all these years there were two new studio songs in addition to two extra re-recordings of older songs but i i really actually like their re-recorded stuff i you know i don't think it replaces any of the original songs at all but I still think they're fun, and I think uh, they're you know just done out of fun. I don't think there's any. It's nothing that should be taken that seriously. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to play you one of the re-recorded old songs from Prime Cuts that wasn't on Still Psycho after all these years. So here's the Prime Cuts '97 version of "Join the New Army." Turn it up. Let's go. 
right, there you go. Join the New Army, a re-recording of Join the Army by Suicidal Tendencies off of their 1997 compilation called Prime Cuts. Go check it out, if you, especially if you don't have anything by them. It's a nice snapshot of what you could expect if you dive into their catalog. And I think maybe one of the other reasons why they re-recorded so many of their older songs, probably to show off their bass player, which was future Metallica bass player Robert Trujillo. Trujillo. I've never been able to do that properly. I'm sorry. Okay. But yeah, Robert, great bass player there. And apparently his kid is a good bass player as well on his way to becoming a beast in his own right. But all that aside, speaking of the beast, (laughs) these next two songs, not going to do me any favors with my God-fearing friends here, but I figured it'd be really fun to play these back-to-back. And matter of fact, let's just do a twofer here. Uh, We're going to start off with something from one of many Frank Zappa compilations. The one he put out in 97 was called Have I Offended Someone? This was something he actually put together himself prior to his death. He remixed some of the songs, uh, did the sequence proper. Uh, So this is definitely a Frank project. It's not just one of those cash cows they threw out there. But it has a theme to it. Have I Offended Someone is basically a best of of Frank's most un-PC material. And there's at least something to offend for anybody on this record. He'll get you at least once. And uh, if he doesn't, then you might want to reevaluate yourself there. But yeah, I love it though. We Frank is, uh, is, is missed, and he was probably the greatest composer of my lifetime. Uh, but yeah, if uh, once again, if you're a God-fearing person, then uh, you're not going to like what he has to say on this track. But uh, I do love this track. And of course, the musicianship is ridiculous on here. So from Have I Offended Someone, this is Frank Zappa and Dumb All Over. Whoever we are, wherever we're from, we should have noticed by now our behavior is dumb. And if our chances expect to improve, it's gonna take a lot more than trying to remove the other race or the other whatever from the face of the planet altogether. They call it the Earth, which is a dumb kind of name, but they named it right because we behave the same. We are dumb all over. Dumb all over, yes we are. Dumb all over, near and far. Dumb all over, black and white. Is not rap time. Nerds on the left, nerds on the right, religious fanatics of the air. Every night saying the Bible tells the story and makes the details sound real gory about what to do if the geeks over there don't believe in the book we got over here. You can't run a race without no feet, and pretty soon there won't be no street for dummies to jog on, a doggies to dog on, religious fanatics can make it be all gone and won't blow up. Disappear, it'll just look ugly for a thousand years. You can't run a country by a book of religion, not by a heap or a lump or a smidgen of foolish rules of ancient date designed to make you all feel great while you fold, spittle, and mutilate those unbelievers from a neighboring state. Two arms, two arms, hooray, that's great. Two legs ain't bad unless there's a crate they ship the parts to mama in. For souvenirs, two ears. Get down! Not his, not hers, but what the hey? The good book says it's gotta be that way, but their book says... Revenge the Crusade! 
whips and chains and hand grenades to arms, to arms, have another and another. Our God says there ain't no other. Our God says it's all okay. Our God says this is the way. It says in the book, burn and destroy. <laughs> To redeem and revenge and deploy and rumble thee forth to the land of the unbelieving scum on the other side. Cause they don't go for what's in the book and that makes them bad, so verily we must chop at them up or stomp at them down or rent a nice French bomb to poof them out of existence while leaving their real estate just where we need it. To use again for temples in which to praise our God Cause he can really take care of business And when his humble TV servant With white hair and a brown suit And maybe a blonde wife who takes phone calls Tells us it's okay to do this stuff Then we're supposed to do it Cause if we don't do it, we ain't grind up to heaven Depending on which book you're using at the time, can't use theirs, it's all lies, gotta use mine, ain't that right? That's what they say every night, every day. Listen, we can't really be dumb if we're just following God's orders. After all, he wrote this book here. And in the book, he says he made us all to be just like him. So if we're dumb, then God is dumb. And maybe even a little bit ugly on the side. There you go. Dumb All Over by Frank Zappa off of the compilation Have I Offended Someone. The original version of that song comes off the album You Are What You Is. 
There's a bunch of different versions of it off of multiple Zappa comps and live albums and stuff like that. He definitely enjoyed playing it a lot upon its release for obvious reasons. It was the height of the televangelist, and that that's pretty much who gets it the most in that song anyway. So regardless of whether you're in it or not, if you're a rightful thinking person, you definitely hate the televangelists of the world because they're all assholes and they're all in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, regardless. All right. So while I'm digging a hole, let's just finish up part one of the Odds and Ends Spectacular for 1997 with this one here from the Remix and Repent EP. This is, uh, and going back to what I said about Jane's earlier, I think I like this version better than the studio version as well. This is a really over-the-top, epic live version of Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson on the Antichrist Superstar tour. Check this out. It's ridiculous. It's huge. Enjoy.
right, there you go. Live version of Antichrist Superstar from the Remix and Repent TP by Marilyn Manson. You can just hear the craziness that is going on on that stage as you listen to that track. And yeah, those home videos that came out that he put on the 90s, they never got put on DVD. I thought that was so odd that they never put them out on DVD. So, uh, But that was on like, I forget the name of the, the video, but that video was crazy. It just had all the tour hijinks. It was kind of like those Pantera videos where you just saw all the weird shit that was going on on tour all the controversy, all the picketing, and uh, it was a, it was a moment in time for sure. Manson's still riding high there in '97, so definitely wanted to represent him here in our 1997 retrospective spectacular. All right, I hope you enjoyed part two here of our five-parter for the year 1997. Part one we did numbers 30 through 21 on our top 30 albums list of 1997. We'll be back tomorrow for part three. For numbers 20 through 11 for our top 30 albums of 1997 so join me on that and it's only going to get better from here on out we'll be back in part four with part two of the odds and ends and part five will be the top 10 albums of 1997 keep up stay tuned and always cnjradio.com for all episodes of rock strikes 10 while you're there stick around for the synaptic empire podcast featuring randy brown a true alternative New episodes coming up and his best of list for the year as well. Stick around for Last Theater on the Left with myself as the co-host to Chris's host. Does an excellent job there, Last Theater on the Left. Just did an episode on the original Black Christmas, so go check it out. It's free on iTunes as well. While you're there, stick around on cnjradio.com for Wrestling House Show podcasts coming in mere days. The relaunch will happen. Last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the awesome outro we played on every episode. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more information and tell them the Rock Strikes 10 sent you. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow for part three of our top 30 albums list of 1997. Have fun. <laughs>